coming off of that really bad semester, like, I needed a way to turn my brain off. You know, drugs are pretty fucking effective at doing that. Welcome back to The Head on Your Shoulders. I'm Maura Curry. I have a confession. Teasers for the next episode lie sometimes. More specifically, baby podcast hosts who are making podcasts all by themselves and juggling a bunch of classes all at once sometimes have to write teasers for interviews that have not happened yet. So last week, I told you we'd be talking about substance abuse. Technically, that is still very true. This week's guest, John Doe, not his real name, has grappled with using drugs and alcohol during his time at Tech to turn off the parts of his brain that hurt him. That's what he told me before we sat down to talk, and that's part of what we talked about. But as is the case with these interviews, it turned out that there's a lot more to his story than just drug abuse. As with all people who become addicted to something, it's a single part of a much larger puzzle. Pieces go missing, some pieces have the flat edge so you know where they go, some pieces are bent and the paper is peeling off. But at the end of the day, distilling the whole puzzle down to a single piece is a disservice. So for this week's trigger warnings, Yes, we will be talking fairly extensively about alcohol and hard drug use. We'll also be talking about depression and institutionalization, as well as self-harming and suicide attempts. Because of the nature of that last one, I'll be popping in again to warn you when the second of two descriptions is closer. I'm pretty sturdy, and this one is so vivid and detailed that it was tough for me to get through. This interview, as you may be able to tell, was conducted after hours on the fifth floor of the Kolk classroom building, on the actual floor, because the buzz card I was using to get into my room reservation did not work. Here's the graciously adaptable John Doe. I'm a fourth year. I did a pretty unconventional path in that, like, I pretty much, like, did my first three semesters straight, like, fall, spring, and then stayed for the summer to take classes and, mm. and work on, like, personal projects outside of school. And then, like, in my sophomore year... I took a part-time job, um, and that's when I think things started really going downhill, and it kind of, you know, looking back and trying to be introspective and maybe blaming, blaming shit more on environment, like, I just started sleeping a lot less and, like, just being more and more continually stressed because having to basically, like, go to class, like, leave class, rush to my car, commute to work, do work, come back, go to meetings, like... I was going to ask if it was concurrent with classes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never, you know, when I was working part-time, it was always, I would take, like, about 12 credit hours and then work 15 to 20 hours a week yeah. in, in at a place that was rough and tough, like, a 30-minute drive away. So it, it got bad. Compound that with, like, really growing to hate my job uh, like because of uh, just the the factors there and you know when I got hired there were a lot of uh, you know what I don't think my boss meant poorly but there were there were some false promises levied about like what the position would entail versus what I actually ended up doing for the majority of the time so grappling with a job you're high key starting to hate and a full roster of classes, like let's not kid ourselves, 12 hours is still like being full-time enrolled and having a lot on your plate academically. 
Like, how did that strain manifest for you? I just kind of started getting, uh, you know, sounds cliche, but sadder and sadder and sadder and like got told on a couple occasions, like towards the end of, uh, this was fall, um, of my soft, of my second year. Uh, so first semester of my second year, just got told by a couple people, um, that I was friends with that was having more and more of the thousand yard stare all the time. And like just kind of started feeling the, the general worthless and, and hopelessness that I think any, anyone who struggled with depression can really identify with. And it just kind of got really, really bad. And even before I had took, taken the job, like sort of my uh, alcohol consumption had steadily increased and that became more and more of a crutch to the point that for like a good chunk of those 12 credit hours I was taking, I was moderately lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which we chuckle about, but is indicative of a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, kind of looking back, it, it was funny because you know the like the volume that I was I was drinking was not huge, but the frequency and so that you know things things really started going downhill and yeah. had a very rough winter break for reasons that I don't even know how to explain. It just kind of you know as as I think a lot of people sometimes feel with depression and myself included, you know, there doesn't seem to be a single reason or even like one that you can clearly, no. any that you can clearly point to other than like, I just feel like shit. But uh, kind of continuing the story, had a, had a very bad winter break. And then when uh, spring of my second year came around, like I was just doing horribly. And that's, that's when I attempted to kill myself for the first time and you know basically just got really drunk tried failed uh and then that's when i took up self-harming which i hadn't done before then because i kind of felt like well i'm too much of a of a weakling and now you know that that sounds terrible but it, it's genuinely like how i felt at the time like, yeah i'm too weak to actually follow through with what I thought was the solution to this problem. Um, and so I started uh, self-harming and that went on for a couple weeks before I finally kind of snapped and thought, holy shit, this is, this is bad. I need to get help. And I, I tried going to the counseling center and it was just very unsuccessful. How so? You know, I was, I was kind of scared to, to talk about uh, I didn't want to tell them that I had attempted suicide because that that just seemed like a very bad idea to to disclose because you know I know how I knew how this sort of stuff worked and I knew that that could like lead to more trouble like like hospitalization or yeah and that that eventually happened which we'll get to <laughs> but like uh I went there kind of explained that I was feeling depressed and that I like thought a lot about dying and their kind of answer was like, and I shit you not was like, hold your breath and count to 10. <laughs> Just think happy. Like they literally said the, the effective equivalent of think happy thoughts when you're feeling sad and that it just didn't go over well, I thought. Uh -huh. And so uh, 
Was this in like a therapy session or like? This was the consultation. Okay. Or like I went because, you know, I never followed up with a second appointment because even in the consultation, it was like I thought, I, you know, the way that I see the, what I think the role of a place like the counseling center should be is if a student goes there, like it shouldn't have to turn, like, they're not going there because like they think they might need help. They're going there because they, they do feel that they need help and you're you're greeted with a bunch of paperwork and then like all you want to do is just talk to someone. And then when you do, it's kind of in the context of, well, we're gonna shuffle you around and probably find you a match and then you can start sessions and and whatnot. And so like I didn't want to go do that. And that's an interesting assessment because when and I've probably said this before on the podcast, but like when I went to Stamps, which is where I did my intake stuff, their response was that like I was not qualified to go to the counseling center because like I had a clinical issue and there were four people in crisis exclusively. And like this was after Scout died and I get that there had been some policy changes, but like I agree with you, like the role of the counseling center should be to talk to people who feel like they need it and not like fuck around with paperwork and waste time because if it's actually for the people who are in desperate, desperate need of it, it, it shouldn't matter how they present or like what box they tick on the form, right? Because like getting to counseling is a victory for people who feel like that, you know? Yeah, yeah it's pretty disheartening to, you know, I, I didn't, I hadn't really talked to any other people about their experience with the experiences with the counseling center but the like after things things did eventually start getting better for me way way after these particular events happened i started hearing more and more that oh shit that wasn't an anomaly that was just kind of that that seems to be the average of what happens to people um and so that was that was just pretty pretty sad to find out yeah and and like i have heard that people have had great experiences and the people who rave about it like make me think that maybe it was a fluke for everybody I've talked to who's had a terrible time. Oh, I think one of the one of the biggest things that I've I've read recently that that just needs to be improved and you know, but I think looking at uh some of the published findings by the the I think it's the Coalition on Student Mental Health or the the group that got the action group that got put together by Student Government Association. Yeah. Uh the counselor to student ratio being as as high as it or sorry as low as it is meaning there are not enough i think makes it so that they do have to treat it like triage and they do have to you know as much as it probably sucks they have to look at who's ticking the boxes where you know georgia tech can get into a pr crisis uh if we don't help this person and frankly that's kind of sickening but that's just the world that we live in and you know the way that you fix that uh speaking to georgia tech almost the the giant very rich organization that that has enough money that people can embezzle shitloads of it and new buildings can still be erected uh just hire more people so i will say that they are i think um there was an announcement in december that they were hiring 
at least a couple more counselors and they're implementing like this intake center where you do your intake for psychiatry and counseling in the same spot and it's like staffed with counselors full time. Um, and so I think that ratio is actually going to be more on par with a nationally recognized average or recommended average, if not like at it. Um, but I don't think that necessarily takes into account the fact that to have a good outcome with a counselor, you also need to like as glib as it sounds, like you have to vibe with the counselor and like it, it's if you have a good relationship with a counselor, you may have tried several before you find one who like gets your problem and can offer you solutions that are helpful to you, right? And and so like as a school and not a healthcare provider, like there's only so much Georgia Tech can do. But, you know, I, I think it's a falsehood to suggest that hiring more counselors automatically solves the problem. I, I agree with that yeah. in that you know, throwing, you know, having spent time in group projects, I'm sure most of <laughs> throwing more people at something does not always right. better. But you do run into, I think, the problem where, you know, just walking into the waiting room, the amount of, I mean, you know, I was there two-ish years ago now, so, it, you know, I haven't been back. But, I mean, just walking into the waiting room and, like, the, you know, you can visibly see, like, there's not that many offices, but there's a crap load of people here waiting to, right. waiting to see folks. This yeah. is more what I'm getting at where, you know, it's, it's, it's like a hospital being understaffed. It's almost exactly the same thing. But, but yeah, I think more and better yeah. go hand in hand here. So you go to counseling, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go back. No. Uh, so what happens next? You know, the... the the self-harming continued and then eventually I had like another breakdown and a, fr a friend who I had not confided very much in as in like I'm not going to share details but like going through some shit sort of thing because again like my goal stupid as it sounds just like not to alarm people and not to yeah I think that's a valid other thing people's time is what I thought uh had recommended, you know, oh, their psychiatry is a thing. It's it's like the counseling center, but different sort of sort of is how it was described. <laughs> and like I kind of went there in complete emotional turmoil, like having another kind of breakdown, like what the fuck am I doing to myself right now? And then like within, you know, I kind of walked in like I'd like to see a counselor. And like, well, well, let's schedule an appointment. I'm like, no, now. <laughs> like, I need to talk to someone. I went to the counseling center. It didn't help. Like, please, if there's someone available, just. And like within two minutes of entering their office, I was in the back of a cop car on the way to Ridgeview. Holy so shit. that was that was fun. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, kind of just sat down and just like expelled like everything that had been like building up and kind of just I'm you know after not talking about it for so long yeah you know I, I attempted catharsis in, in in like in the act of like just I've been self-harming I tried to kill myself like I am not doing well help me please I was like we're gonna send you to out like to inpatient care 
So at this point, we talk about John's experience at the Ridgeview Institute for about half an hour. Suffice it to say that it was a bad time. And really, bad doesn't even begin to do it justice. But I feel compelled to hold on to that particular story and give it the justice I think it deserves on its own in a few weeks. More soon. So when you came back to tech, like, after chewing out stamps, which I admire, first of all, like, what, what did tech feel like to you, having, having been through that? Like, did you f- feel at all better than you did when you went? I didn't. You know, af- after that experience, the only thing that really clicked there was, like, I need to stop self-harming and try to, like, see a psychiatrist for real instead of in crisis regularly. But it kind of felt surreal in a way uh, coming back to tech after that because this was only, like, the third or fourth week of school Yeah, this happened. And so, like basically had to email all my professors and be like hey uh (laughs) some extensions please and thanks did the dean of students help at all with that i think there's a uh yeah they they did and so like i mean that that all went through fine and like didn't have any any trouble like and know that one of the the biggest gripes i had with dealing with the dean of students i don't i don't mean that in a bad way but uh they wanted me to just stop and not like withdraw okay <laughs> like temporarily like, withdraw or withdraw like withdraw from the semester okay and just like come back in the summer and i was like no that's like that's not how this is gonna work like let me back in let me finish the semester let me prove you wrong sort of sort of deal and kind of had to i don't you know I understand their sentiment, but it felt like they were a bit distrustful in the process of, of kind of institutionalizing someone that, it, that it's going to help them, which I, I think it did, if only that, you know, I need to think about my life a lot more. The rest of that semester went uh, pretty fine. Like, I did well academically and all, and I was able to bury a lot of feelings, but that, that kind of comes up later as being you know, problematic because I think one of the biggest issues with, with sending people to a place like Ridgeview is like, instead of an atmosphere where it feels like you're trying to, like someone's trying to help you, it almost, and I think this is one of the, the really important things is it feels like there is something wrong with you and you need to not have something wrong with you instead of you need to get some help it's you have a problem that needs to be solved right um like with no indication of uh like how how that's gonna work and so you know my my reaction was just kind of i'm gonna bury this um continue just like grinding and like just if i feel these feelings, you know, push, push them out right. sort of, sort of thing. Like try and try and be stronger than it rather than trying to like fix it at the, at the root cause. And that eventually just like bit me in the ass. Uh, like that semester kind of the started, like I had used marijuana like very occasionally before, but then kind of found a dealer, you know, actually bought and, you know, started becoming like a treat of sorts and then like 
uh, summer came around, stayed at tech again, like continuing to work part-time at the same job. I tried um, seeing a psychiatrist a couple times and like stamp psychiatry, like the people there that I've interacted with are generally like helpful and thoughtful. But again, they're, there are just too many people or too many students really trying yeah. to see too few psychiatrists. And so it, it was like very difficult to get regular appointments that would like work with, with schedules and whatnot. And like oftentimes it, you know, appointments are two to three week lead times and, you know, the and I'm getting told by my psychiatrist at stamps that like, you need to be seeing someone every week. Okay, can I come back here next week? Well, no, no we got <laughs> it's kind of booked for the next two. Yeah, and then the, the encouragement to to see outside therapy, like it's a it's a symptom of the understaffed staffedness, but it's. I think it's especially problematic for people who are out of state, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and people for whom this is their first foray into ever having to seek mental health treatment, right? Like. If this is your first time even thinking about what psychiatry is and you have to, like, go off campus and figure out how your insurance works, like, that is a huge ask of someone who is not feeling well and is far away from their families and, like, doesn't know what to do. How long did you wait to see Stamp Psychiatry? Like, when you actually made appointments? Uh, the first one I got in within, I think, a week and a half. But then after that, it... it was consistently like two or more weeks. I waited nine weeks for my intake. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and that is more on par with, with who I have talked to. Like you got you got either lucky or they like, we're going to expedite this kid. And, and, you know, not that that's no, I don't think a it's a bad terrible thing. way to run a psychiatry clinic, but the fact that they have to do that is really disheartening. Sure. Um, sure. Okay. So you're spiraling again. And this time, like, I know what happens if I talk to people. And, and, like, just the thought of going in and talking to someone about it, I, you know, dismissed it as, I cannot do that. They will send me back. I will not go back. And, yeah, after Ridgeview was kind of just a slower downward spiral. And, like, kept kind of steadily, like, increased my week-to-week my -week drug use and then come fall like was barely holding it together and like the only thing really keeping me sane was like obligations and responsibilities to like student organizations on campus. Here's that second trigger warning I mentioned. What John is about to describe is the aftermath of a very nearly successful attempt on his own life and the parts that he remembers are vivid and very scary. You'll hear both of us struggle a little bit to get through it. If this could potentially trigger or hurt you, please, please, please skip the next three minutes or so. There's a crisis hotline in the description of this podcast. But like in the in the middle of fall, uh, I think it was in October sometime. I don't actually remember how whether it was before or after the the Scout Schultz uh, death, but I tried to kill myself again and like very nearly succeeded. To the point where, like, I had to, like, cover bruises on my neck with makeup for a week and had, Christ. like, nerve damage. Like, I couldn't feel. Uh, like, my ear was numb uh, for, presumably, from, like, nerve damage for a couple days. So that was just very weird. 
not just in in a surreal sort of sense i'm like well shit that's that's kind of cool that the body can do that but also what the fuck am i doing with my life sort of sort of thing i sound like harder but like that's the only way i can really talk about it without like crying you know um let the record show he is not crying thank you (laughs) uh but like the the kind of epiphany if you could call it because pretty sure like i did kind of pass out during that and all i like kind of remember putting the rope around my neck and then the next kind of flash of memory i have from from that event was just this intense like fear and feeling of like holy shit i don't want to die i don't want to die like why can't i breathe and uh like managed to and this was very very early in the morning late at night whatever you want to call it and managed to managed to like get to the kitchen of the apartment and like find a pair of scissors and like face was fucking purple <laughs> like it was you know again really neat but also like in hindsight but but fucking terrifying to to kind of see myself like that um <sighs> Um, we can take a break if you need no no it's yeah it's good but i mean it's good to talk about it i i think uh how often do you very rarely like this is uh grand total maybe the this happens like more than a year ago maybe like the fifth time i've ever told the story um like so I mean, even before that that incident, like I realized I needed a break, like I needed to leave tech, I needed to leave Atlanta, I needed to get out of, of the environment I was in and then switch shit up. So like even before that that incident, I had taken a job offer in another state. Um, the like one of the best things I, I have done for my mental health was like I basically wrote a really long uh really long letter of sorts kind of you know made you know in in true engineer fashion made like a general template and then added a bunch of extra like personalized paragraphs and then sent respectively to like my two uh two of my incredibly close friends like I've kept this from you but like shit's not going well for me like I'm I'm leaving, I'm taking a break and, and doing something that hopefully I will enjoy um, somewhere other than tech for a little while. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry that I've, I've kept this from you. And like, basically when I get back, all I ask is that you just keep an eye out and make sure like, ask me how I'm doing because I'm probably not going to fucking tell you. Uh, and that that was, like, the most useful thing that I've done uh, because both of, both of them were, like, you know, very willing to help however they could uh, should I need it. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's the end of 2017. <laughs> 
went went to work in a in a weed legal state and by that point it had kind of become a bit of a crutch and by like the end of january i would say i had a full-on problem and like the part that got to me the most is like i was doing fine at work to the to the to the tune of i was able to do my job do it well like you know uh, higher ups were not complaining about you know me being the typical like lethargic stoner i mean i have plenty still do have bad memory problems that i mostly attribute to to that like i'll literally walk into the kitchen um like i'll be in my room i'll think oh i need to get thing a and like by the time i get like 10 steps to the kitchen i'll think to myself what the fuck am i doing here right now <laughs> and it, it kind of became a crutch and like I think coming off of that really bad semester, like I needed a way to turn my brain off mm -hmm. and you know, drugs are pretty fucking effective yeah. at doing that. And so that became a, a huge crutch. And that's, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made is like deciding to try not thinking about, about shit for a change. And like that, you know, I worked worked in that state until uh, like August of 2018. Came back to tech for the fall, and like having having driven to and from, like you know, carried plenty with me. And I've been clean since since December. Congrats! Uh, but that was a rough. 2018 was kind of a blur of a year. I don't even know how much I can talk about it because I remember so little in, in a weird way. Um, Did you do okay like in your classes in the fall? Do you have proof that you were here? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. that's the part that, that sometimes gets to me too is I did fine. Yeah. Like I was able, like I seemed to be okay at like transitioning from like I'm gonna do nothing for the next couple hours and I'm gonna get this shit done and like I did not do a lot of my homework this past fall sober uh almost more than 90 percent I was under the influence of drugs or alcohol um did a lot of LSD in the fall uh, a lot of kratom just trying to blank out everything because you know, coming back to tech in and of itself was just a weird shock of like, oh shit, this place again. Was it the familiarity that felt bad to you or like the idea of having to go through the jumping through the hoops of classes? Jumping through the hoops, you know, the one thing I did learn by, by working at a job that I actually enjoyed was that I fucking hate school. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man. And the academia in general in, in the sense of like I want to leave go work full time at you know at, at a place that I can actually appreciate and I think the the whole kind of academic rigor while while classes are hard um, I think people tend to hyperbolize a little bit sometimes and then there's also the you know I, frankly, one of the biggest issues I feel with academic rigor is people often taking on too much. Like I've bitten off more classes than I can chew per semester. And I think 
that comes down to like the nationwide problem of the cost of higher education and like overall uh, the amount that a lot of people pay to be here is absurd. And so I think, you know, the, the not only are classes, you know, pretty hard as it is, but people end up needing to take a lot of them to graduate on time and everything like that and the the kind of get out mentality kind of all comes together to form a really, really toxic environment to learn in, I think. And the biggest problem I have with it more, well, the biggest problem is, is the fact that a lot of students here are hurting, obviously, but I think uh, the bigger problem is people don't learn as much because there's just this artificial, well, not very artificial, but this, this real culture of issues um, and, and taking on too much and like still trying to be the, the valedictorian type. So how are you doing now? Like, how are you feeling now? You said you're sober. A lot, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah. <laughs> still, still drink probably too much, but have, have avoided. Socially like, or by yourself? A mix of both. Okay. You know, it, it always starts with uh, like getting home, shooting the shit with a roommate over one or more beers and then continuing on with the with the night. But like I've avoided, you know, after after kind of having what I would describe as an alcohol problem, I have more or less like kind of stopped getting incredibly drunk very frequently. Like I kind of save that as like a once every once a quarter sort of sort of event. That's that's more responsible than many people I know. <laughs> yeah, which I think is a yeah. is a good thing. But like definitely still like fine escapism, but have gotten, you know, you know, this is only the second week back, but kind of use the break to do a lot of introspection yeah. and thinking about like how to how to manage my time better and not get into the the really bad habits because as as much as like 2018 wasn't a year of really bad like mental health problems it was still a year of like immense amounts of of stress and um like very very poor coping strategies for said stress which which was due to all I think all of the mental health problems um and then just you know I'm only like two weeks into you know trying it out but so far so good yeah I suppose. yeah you got to take it a day at a time right like every day that you don't slip is a victory I think as a sort of parting discussion point what would you say to a student, maybe a freshman, who's struggling at the moment. It's so, kind of collect my thought. You're going to feel like you are alone, but the, the very simple truth is that you're not. I think that's one of the, you know, mental health is, is by its nature isolating and but the, but the fact of the matter is like it's it's a common problem and like you can be just walking around campus and i guarantee you walk past so many people that are that are feeling the same way that you might be regardless of how that is quite frankly 
and you know as much as people who have used the services bash on like counseling and stamp psychiatry do go there and do try because the worst thing that you can do is is not try and, and do nothing but bury it because you're you're only going to end up hurt or dead if you do that that was john fourth year at tech if you need someone to talk to right now, the Georgia Crisis and Access Line is staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, including holidays. That number is 1-800-715-4225. Again, it's 1-800-715-4225. If you have a story or want to get in touch, email me at headonshoulderspod at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Twitter at headshoulderpod. Make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, you'll hear from S. The S doesn't have anything to do with her name or her identity. It stands for student. She wanted to make it clear to me that her story is reminiscent of those of many, many other college students. Her feelings, her attempts to get help, and her worries probably will feel familiar. That's next week. Till then, I'm Maura Curry. Thanks for your time.